Just imagine waking up to the sound of loons and waves. You peek out of the tent to another glorious day on Lake Superior. You smell the aroma of fresh coffee waiting for you as you crawl out and prepare for a day of kayaking and sightseeing around the largest island on the largest lake in the world. As you look down on the lakeshore, you'll see a neighborhood moose family taking a long drink from the lake. As you shake off the cobwebs, you sit back and think, can life get better than this? I don't think so. Every summer, Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply in Grand Marais offers trips to Isle Royale. These trips are set up for five people, and one spends five nights in this paradise. Stone Harbor supplies all kayaks, safety gear, equipment, and food, plus an experienced guide to show you the wonders of the big lake and this big island. You meet us in Grand Marais at the evening before departure so we can give you last-minute instructions and make sure all the equipment is familiar and in working order. Early the next morning, we load everything up and head to Grand Porridge, where we meet the ferry and venture out on the Lake Superior. While the ferry drops other travelers off around the island, you can take in the beauty of the lake and the boreal forest. You watch the forest inhabitants of Isle Royale looking back at you with the same curiosity that you show looking back at them. The loons, the moose, fox, wolves are all just getting their day started also. Every day is packed with adventure. We paddle, we hike, we relax. It is your trip, and we can modify it to your wishes. Stone Harbor prides themselves with having highly trained and competent people taking you out on this trip. Check out our website at stoneharborws.com or call us at 218-387-3136. And of course, if you're in town, stop by and see us. But do book early in the year, preferably no later than April 1st. The ferry gets booked up, so our spots are limited. Hope to see you on the water. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome to episode 44 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Baxley. And I'm Joe Fredericks. The sounds you are hearing in the background are the late night calls coming across Washington Creek uh, on Isle Royale National Park. It's our first night on the island. We're out here for multiple days. It's this one-time special podcast episode from the biggest Boundary Waters Lake of them all, Lake Superior. It is almost 11 o'clock at night, and there is still light on the horizon. It has been a long, long day. Starting early this morning to catch a boat ride from Grand Portage, uh, making a two-hour crossing to get to this magical place. Hopped on the Voyager 2, Captain Benny Silence at the wheel, <laughs> taking us across Lake Superior on a calm, beautiful morning in June. It has been such a surreal and timeless day, Joe. I feel like we've already been on this island for days. Like, 
just somehow time has changed <laughs> so quickly. We've seen three moose already on the island. We saw a group of five women carrying moose skulls, wolf skull, bones, all doing science research, citizen science research on the on the island. There's a massive project underway uh, with numerous volunteers who search this island, this park, uh, to gather research, to gather uh, information in the form of these bones and materials around the bones and information on locations, all, all of which helps make the this island part of the sort of ecological scientific wonder that it is and that's part of why we're here joe to learn about you know the ecology and get updates on the predator prey relationships but i mean i feel like we've gotten so much more than this than that yeah we've been having amazing experiences with the the wildlife the hiking trail we've already hiked well over 10 miles uh, through we did a nine and a half mile loop hike on on our first afternoon Br- here Brittner? Bil- Bil- <laughs> we will have to consult the map it's um, it's it's late in the day as you said man the 11 yeah, o'clock and we're here in a wooden structure on Washington Creek just winding down the day it, it's. I have to say, the one of the most interesting and stark reflections of the day is that this island feels like the most hybridized version of Boundary Waters and Lake Superior wonder of any place I've ever seen. It's the Superior Hiking Trail meets the boundary waters indeed there's lakes and trails but sea kayaking and rocky shores uh, towering above the vastness of this inland sea and ridges and cliffs and palisades and bays oh there's there's oh over 400 islands, Joe. It's a arch <laughs> archipelago. That's what I. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and and giant white pine. Some of the biggest I've ever seen. And cedar swamps like we encounter in the Boundary Waters, and, and the boreal forest is very much a part of segments of the ecosystem here. And in the morning, our plan is to get a canoe and do some paddling. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just it's been a a surreal day. Yeah. It really has. And uh, you know, part of me is I don't want to go to sleep right now cuz I don't want this day to end, but I'm just so excited to wake up and see what's coming tomorrow. Yeah, this has been such an amazing time. We're out here to meet with some wolf researchers. Uh, people that are very involved with the ongoing world-renowned predator-prey moose-wolf study at Isle Royal. We're also going to do some paddling, do more hiking, bring some other voices on to the episode, and we're just going to let come what may. That's that's the plan out here on this episode. I mean, it really is sort of a... Uh, challenge by choice or choose your own adventure story and I feel like today no matter what we chose it was an adventure there's some geese yeah (laughs) did you hear that splash a minute ago I think it was a big brook trout Ooh, I'm hoping yeah do some fishing out here tomorrow too Um, so that that's our plan we're just going to keep you updated along the way you'll just be on the journey with us on this episode Again, it's a one-time special from the biggest Boundary Water Lake of them all where we're incorporating all the skills that we've learned in the Boundary Waters 
and bringing it here to Isle Royal, and we're just awestruck by by this place. Yeah, it's been such a joyful day. Let's uh, get some sleep, and tomorrow let's let's record in the field. Hi, I'm Jenna Banky, the lead interpreter of Windigo Alro National Park. This park is really special, and I've volunteered at uh, some other parks. And um, the community, the working community, and the visitation, the people who come here, um, really make this my favorite place to work. Isle Royal is the least visited national park in the lower 48, and the people who come and spend time here want to spend time in the backcountry, want to spend time away from the mainland. Um, and are really interested in the resources we have. And because we're the least visited national park in the lower 48, it allows us to have some intimate conversations with people. Um, and so instead of answering the same question all day, um, visitors will come with a picture of a spider. Like, what is this spider that I spent like an hour today staring at? And then we can have that conversation about spiders. Like I wasn't expecting to have that this morning, but now I'm like talking about spiders and other bugs with this person. And it was all because of an experience they had in the outhouse. <laughs> so those kinds of weird quirky things are why I love working at this place and how intrigued people are when they get here. And I was able to get into backpacking and find that sense of home in myself. And then over time, you know, finding my secret little spots that I really enjoy on the island, I connect that to here as well. I think some parks have relations with the local community and the indigenous community that aren't the best or maybe not where they want it to be. Um, and I think the changes that Isle Royal has been making are, um, exactly what need to be made at this time and I think going forward um, there could be even more like maybe having more indigenous people on staff I think would be really great I know we have a few but I think I'd like to see more and maybe doing some educational things collaborating together on more um, events and programs would be great and then it influencing my interactions and experiences on the island like hiking, different spots, thinking about what were people doing in the same spot decades ago and like what drew them here and then what draws me here. Day two, Isle Royal. As much as yesterday was marked by putting on the miles on foot, crossing through the vast, varied ecosystems of Isle Royale in search of moose, wolves, and other wildlife, today we got ourselves a canoe and took to the waters. We're sitting on a small cove inside on the beach with moose tracks in front of us, no less, of this small cove just on the outside of Washington Harbor where we've just paddled above the shipwreck of the America. It was uh, a really, it's a feeling I can't quite explain to be paddling on the surface of the water and then all of a sudden look down and see the wreckage of some massive expedition level ship that didn't make it. And it, I don't know, it's like a feeling jumped right up out of the ship through the hull of the canoe and right up and through my heart and into my throat. What year does the map say of the shipwreck? I'll pull that out. We've got a map here in front of us, which is how we found out the general vicinity of where the shipwreck was. And it's just a... 19... 1928. 1928. That ship's been sitting there. Almost 100 years. And here we are, um, reflecting on a day which started with a moose coming into camp at around 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Early. I woke up from a deep, deep sleep to horse 
whispers that were as loud as a whisper could be without being a shout <laughs> to and, and and immediately to splash 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 <laughs> Right outside camp, <coughs> almost into camp, essentially, when at one point the moose may have been right outside our wooden structure where we're camping and then went into Washington Creek and back out. That's how the day started. Welcome to Isle Royal, day two. Day two, Isle Royal. Uh, hearing some of the uh, talk of the on the island this morning, uh, so the story goes that the that sort of behavior by a moose like that is not just a relaxing morning stroll that the intensity at which it bounded into the water and and was moving around was that of a moose that was uh, being hunted by a wolf and the moose uh, will take shelter in some of the camping areas because they know that the wolves are less likely to follow them that close to humans so it was quite likely that that wolf was being pursued by a wolf or wolves and uh came right into our sleepy purview and when you say talk for camp that talk originated with a gentleman named rolf peterson who is arguably the most renowned expert on moose wolf dynamics predator prey relationship in the world and he happened to be at windigo in in the camp last night and was there with some of the moose citizen science researchers that we've been hanging out with and so that's where that talk came from <laughs> indeed straight from the source yeah uh, it's it's really just coming back to this amazing place and the fact that yesterday we were hiking today we're in a canoe paddling and it and just the amount of biodiversity and research here is on the biodiversity is incredible today has it had a feel of some Boundary Waters-esque paddling, working through some some waves to get out through the harbor. And now tonight, this evening, we're going to paddle up through Washington Creek and do some fishing and exploration up through the narrows of the creek. Mm-hmm. See what sort of wildlife may happen upon us or what sort of wildlife may end up in our dinner tonight. Absolutely. So day one was all about on-the-trail connection they too, more connection, more wildlife, but on the water. I just got to say, you know, where we're sitting right now, it has a real Boundary Waters feel, but as we look out, we're looking out past the archipelago to look. Archipelago. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm working on that thing, the yeah. 400 islands that make up this place, you know, to the vast openness of Lake Superior and over to uh, Canada and Sleeping Giant and... It's a vast place. Yeah. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Once Osprey again, just flew over, by the way. It did. Oh, th- oh, that's Seagull. <laughs> <laughs> day two, so much different than day one. Uh, we're just really settling into our rhythm here on the island. And mm. Rhythm is the right word. Yeah, having a great time. So that's our update for day two. And maybe talking to you again before the day is over, the way things have been going. We might follow up later, but otherwise, uh, just... Just flowing out here on Isle Royal. My name is Julie Timmer, and I'm from Brimley, Michigan. So I am a um, Native American tribal member of Bay Mills Indian community. We're in the eastern Upper Peninsula, close to Brimley area. So this is my third moose watch. I was definitely really interested into wanting to come to the island to really see it through a more intimate experience and moose watch definitely has far exceeded my expectations on it to just meet a great group of folks that were all coming for a similar cause but to be able to experience the island in such a um, unique way versus just on trail and in the campgrounds for us to be in the back country I mean, it's a nice forensic experience that's just this awesome puzzle the entire week that you just don't know what you could come up against the next, I mean, the next ridge line, the next swamp, just anywhere. The island's amazing. And that's just something that I guess my dad even said for something that might just be kind of drawing me here just because it is more known as kind of a special place. I loved the book 
um, Minong talking about such a unique kind of spiritual kind of this just peaceful place um, thinking yeah kind of just have that gravitation to want to come here and experience it um, especially in the backcountry way just to kind of experience it as they've done for thousands of years before the rest of us. quiet end to day three day three on Isle Royale National Park continues to be full of surprises and interesting people and animals and information stories you mentioned the people you've been hearing some voices weaved in and out of this episode between the days those are all people we've met either in the backcountry along the way, here at Washington Creek Campground, some of the park staff, as you heard, and scientists, um, all part of our experience here. And in fact, um, of course, we've been seeing ear moose counts now up to seven, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you assume that the one that we saw earlier today wasn't the same one that we saw last night, then yes, seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the the wildlife, the scenery of the place, still just absolutely mind-blowing and captivating. But the people that we've met here have been so kind and so full of life and passion for this place. It's been, to me, my... my favorite part actually uh, is engaging with the people that we've met yeah I think you know part of discovering a beautiful unique place such as this is discovering the people and the stories that also have fallen in love here with the place or are in their own process of discovery and so it's an energy that syncs up. We're in it, they're in it, or they've been living and working in it. And um, it's one of the special things about this place. You know, in the ranger station, in the visitor center, there's a clock that has Minnesota time. There's a clock that has Michigan time. And there's a third clock that has island time, which there are no hands on this clock and it really feels true that there's just a rhythm here all to itself and time doesn't matter and people just slip into a natural rhythm that's in tune with the place speaking of uh, there's about a dozen goslings and two adult geese right across Washington Creek and just part of the landscape we've had to us and others coming and going. You have to wait patiently. It's on their time. Oh, you mean when they When you encounter them on the trail mm-hmm. because they will not back down guarding these most beautiful little goslings you've ever seen mm-hmm. and a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just been remarkable. We've encountered them many times now, and now they're just finding their evening spot. Matthew and I are about to have dinner on day three, kind of a casserole soup, we're calling it. Threw a lot of stuff into a pot and hoping for the best. And uh, w- since we last shared an update on the shores of Lake Superior outside of Washington Harbor after we visited the shipwreck, the America, we paddled back in some very interesting waves and currents. Yeah, the the wind kicked up, and just when we came around Beaver Island, which has uh, some pretty high elevation to it, that you know, Washington Harbor is a long, sort of narrow tunnel that the wind funnels into, but when it gets close to the end there's this island and the wind current splits and it goes around the island and 
comes back together on the other side, just out in the lake. And so when we were paddling into that wind, we were getting two-foot chop coming from two different directions that were colliding right where we were paddling. And I remember saying to you, Joe, all right, we got to be real careful in this part, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was some intense paddling and the water being so cold and just Lake Superior, even though we're in the harbor, it's Lake Superior water mm-hmm. in a canoe is not something that we do often. And so that was uh it's colder than than the Boundary Waters lakes are right now in the early season. And uh, so just, yeah, pretty intense. But I think we both handled it quite well, especially you in the stern. And I was having so much fun. I know we were just surfing so many of those waves, just paddling just hard enough to stay on top of them. And mm, I love that feeling. And so we came back. We had a pleasant uh, late afternoon. We got back kind of late afternoon from that experience, settled into a casual evening, and then uh, Matthew, I was taking a few casts into the creek, and Matthew noticed a moose back behind us, back what? behind camp. Actually, I, you know, most of these encounters have been triggered by sounds, and I heard a little, little, little grunt and uh, followed my ears and tucked back in the woods was, I believe, a yearling. Yeah. Uh, kind of feasting. Yep. You know, this is, the sun had set. It was a beautiful sunset uh, on the creek, and that's when they're most active. And so it's really hard to, cap, you know, capture that experience uh, visually because the light's fading quickly. But, I mean, we certainly did our best to do that. Yeah, and it stays light here on Eastern Time. It's like 10.30 before we ever head into the structure for to lay down. And so we just wound down the day with the moose. And suddenly it was 10.30, 11, end of the day, woke up. Yeah, yeah. Just, just had an amazing day of adventure with park staff. And day three, it's just been... Each day is so different. They're they're all blending, though. It's the park time phenomenon of each day is not really separate. It's just one merger of immersion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing that inspires me most about our conversations with these folks who either work at the park or work for some... Institution. Yeah, institution or entity is that they're you know, passionate, inspiring, and motivated by the work and by the place. With a love, there's a love for it. So there's talk tomorrow on day four. It's our last full day on the island of maybe a return to the water once again. Uh, We're open to, to all things that might come our way, maybe talk of some thunderstorms on the horizon. Uh, We'll wait and see what the next day brings, but we're going to go share some casserole soup. (laughs) Pretty hungry. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we've had another great day out here at Isle Royal. We're out here. On night three, another update after our delicious soup. First thunderstorm of the trip is rolling in right now after some strange tidal phenomenons along the creek where I was standing on the bank and looked down a moment later and my shoes tops were covered in water instantly after what appeared to be some kind of tidal wave swept through. I was walking back from just checking out what was moving in over the trees and I literally heard the wall of water get swept up the creek. I thought it was a moose, it was so loud. 
Matthew's face illuminated by lightning. It is profoundly clear that we are on what subjectively is a very tiny island in the middle of a very massive lake. <laughs> There's some thunder rumbling in the distance. Lightning strikes directly overhead. That kind of light where you see it start in the distance and then hear some low rumbles of thunder and Louder and brighter and louder and brighter and we're gonna sit and watch this roll in and retreat to our shelter once it hits. And it's appearing to be here's the calm into the eye of it. Gone calm suddenly. Beautiful night at Isle Royal. Incredible, I love storm energy so much. My name is Ryan Lewandowski. I'm from Sock Rapids, Minnesota. And this is our, for most of us, our third time out to Isle Royal. And uh, we just made it into Washington Creek Campground and we're enjoying ourselves a little bit here because we've been beat up on the trail for the last few days. We've come across a couple moose, one bull moose when we turned, um, turned into Lake DeSource on the south side and then moose today when we got to Washington Creek while we were sitting here at the picnic table. In the last last two years we did uh, boundary waters which it is nicer for the fishing and obviously not having a 30 pound pack on your to haul across an island but a little bit of loves and hates of both i would say we'll probably end up back in boundary waters next year but but yeah it's nice to mix it up and do both um, it's nice to be able to have this within driving distance too because we're all i mean still either on the north side of the twin cities or still in central minnesota so it's close enough to be able to come out here and really enjoy the wilderness and it's not that far of a drive to really feel like you're getting out here. Middle afternoon, day four, we sit on top of a narrow spine ridge line on Beaver Island. Looking out toward Lake Superior, down all of Washington Harbor, which we paddled the other day, and puts it in perspective, the distance of that seven-mile paddle that we did. It's such a great way to contrast being... I mean, so far we've been in the swamps and the bogs and, and forests on the water, and now really quite high above everything just to really take it all in see the expansiveness of this place it's it's massive it's a massive place and we're <laughs> only on one small sliver of one end of this island another great day of experiences moose aplenty 
Well, yes. Uh, this morning, Joe and I set the alarm for what was it, like five. I think it's five a.m. Yeah. And uh, parted ways two different directions out of uh, Wendigo. I headed uh, towards Fleshman. Fish Fish. <laughs> <laughs> a lake with starts with an F. Yeah. Feldman. Feldman Lake. Yeah. Uh there's an overlook up on a ridge, similar to the one we're on right now. And I wanted to get up there and get some high views of this place and I made it there and while I was there I also got to see two large, well fed, black coated moose cows one was just uh starting to bed down for the heat of the day while the other was still chowing away on spruce and uh i must have made one wrong step and broke the wrong twig and up hopped the one that was bedding down as it sprinted directly away from me and as soon as the other saw it followed suit i was not in the mood to follow especially because I knew Joe would be making us an egg and cheese breakfast when I got back oh yeah bagels mm-hmm so I went out the other way our familiar stomping grounds at this point of the trip up toward Huggin and Cove or on that loop that we have done saw a moose myself about two miles in on the trail turned back shortly after I continued to rain this morning after last night's thunderstorm update, which was just as spectacular as it sounds. And then we uh, talked with somebody who's in camp at Washington Creek, who we've heard from, Maddie. And she had an encounter with a cow with a calf, most likely, it sounds like, from park staff, where the moose was quite aggressive toward her chick in pursuit essentially and charged bluff charged or just aggressive yeah uh maddie was recounting her gratitude at being what sounds like some sort of runner track star or something or another and uh utilized her full sprint to get out of the situation we're glad that she's okay and just it's a testament to how fierce and ferocious a mother can be if a calf is around and they mean business it's important to approach with caution in this case the cow was bedded down just off the trail and startled startled maddie as much as maddie startled it yeah then we obtained a canoe again and paddled out to this island which isn't too far away from camp uh, there's people coming in both on the boat today and returning from trail in anticipation of pickup tomorrow on the dock here at Windigo. So it's a different vibe around, both coming and going, renewed and exhaustion, a mix. And we're just finding ourselves in between all that or observing that. Uh, just really settled into the pace of the island, certainly, at this point, And it's just continues to be so magical. Beaver Island here is full of moose activity, and we haven't seen any moose at all nor any fresh track and Matthew came up with the theory or idea that perhaps when the cove here freezes they cross out in the winter there is more moose drop droppings here than anywhere we've seen spruce tops taken down it's oh, just, an abundance of activity yeah full-on evidence of lots of activity but as Joe and I noticed there are no fresh tracks anywhere that we've seen so far on the island and we've taken to bushwhack up to the ridge to get some good views and uh, walking on what is definitely game trails for moose and um, yeah so it seems like maybe they put their fresh tracks down in the winter on the snow and head out before it melts yeah you know it's nice to be up here alone in a space where there is no people and one of the cool things about Wendigo is that it really is a small little community on this end of the island. Uh, there's you know a little store and all those things and staff that live here throughout the summer and it's it's a gathering place. It's a coming and going. Some people even limit their trips as we have this particular time to staying at Wendigo and launching out on day trips and it can get quite crowded and 
yet it is easy to go any direction and just start walking or paddling and find complete and utter solitude. On this island, it appears we're the only people here. We've reached what is likely the summit or the top of it. I guess you could call it a summit, the peak, and expansive views across all this green forest. Spectacular, and it's just so beautiful out here with that sparkling water of the harbor, Lake Superior water. It's just the kind of view that is, you know, you quintessential of what Isle Royal can offer. It's amazing. This is incredible out here on this on this island. It is. You know, Joe, I think we should make haste to jump in that water. That's our next stop. We picked up some scratches and a few bumps along the way getting up here, worked up a sweat, the heat of the afternoon paddling out. We will go plunge into the waters. Uh, perhaps we'll pick it up because I imagine, Matthew, knowing you, you're probably going to let out a few squeals <laughs> once you hit that cold water. I have been known to. So we'll pick it up uh, here momentarily back down at the lake. We're down here on the opposite side Not ready. of Not ready. A Beaver Island. Matthew's preparing himself for what is it? apparently his first jump into Lake Superior. I've avoided it all these years. Well, people in Grand Marais talk about it. Oh, that's bad. Matthew Baxley, he won't jump in the lake. Everybody else will, and he'll just stand on the shore watching everybody else. It's a historic day here at Isle Royal on Beaver Island. We found a nice, kind of rocky beach. There's some sand though too. Tell that to my bare feet. <laughs> Sun is still out. Some waves coming in around both sides of this bay on the points where we're protected in here. So we're gonna make some history. And here we go, stepping from the canoe into the waters. Entering the water, preparing for the dive into okay. the mighty water. Ready? Three, two, one. He has done it. Oh, it feels good. Yes. Ah. He's celebrating the victory. You heard it here on the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. That's the good stuff. Hi, I'm Haley Boone, PhD student at State University of New York College of Environmental Science and Forestry. A weird aspect about me is I'm a national park collector. So I am on a goal to get, right now I think there's 63 national parks and I'm at 49. So kind of go see them all. So I actually came out about five years ago to kind of check out the island and I really loved it. And I really like the fact that it's a pretty much isolated island. So not that much movement between the mainland and the island for animal species. And I've been studying wildlife uh, as an undergrad all the way up through a master's to now, especially kind of the community dynamics of it. This place is a really unique setting because there's not a huge variety of species. There's only uh, less than a dozen and they're isolated, can't leave, and you have a mixture of really small animals to really large predators, especially with the recent introduction. So it's year one and a half for me, and this is now my second season out here. Uh, going around the island this year will be at least twice, uh, checking over 156 camera traps. Trail cam, remote cam, whatever you want to call it. So one of the more fascinating aspects is wildlife are not necessarily negatively influenced by humans. They might be a positive influence or a complete neutral. And where 
most of the year you might have visitors here in Isle Royale through the winter there's nothing so you're kind of starting from ground zero last year we had the cameras running with very low visitation we I think there was about 6,000 people who came to the island now this year it might be projected up in the 20,000s so we have that camera data going on where now not only can we look at how visitation and trail use might influence how animals might use the trails. So some animals might be heading closer to humans as like a shield, some might be avoiding. But we can compare the two years to see if you ramp up visitation, how does that even more influence that predator-prey scavenger relationship going on. Yesterday I had a very kind of grueling day and I opened and I saw a vista of the whole island. I was like, this is so amazing that I get to work here and I get to be a little intimate with these animals and I know kind of what's going on. It's a really great feeling. This is the fifth and final installment from the Boundary Waters Podcast special episode at Isle of Royal National Park. We were reflecting as we paddled from our campsite up Washington Creek and through the harbor towards the main dock. Reflecting as to why this has been such an amazing trip. And I think the key was just a complete surrender to whatever this island had to show us and wherever this island had to take us, whatever it had us do to receive all the gifts of this place. And at times that was hard to figure out. It came with some tumult of trying to sort out plans, but in general it embodied in a almost constant state of flow where every day literally was better than the day before. And the days built upon magnificence and awe and wonder into what I can only say is a near intoxicating state of pure life. (laughs) Last night as we were paddling up the creek, caught and released, of course, catch and release in the stream, there's brook trout. We paddled deep into Washington Creek into an area where most watercraft would have probably turned around because it's overhanging. It's kind of like our trip, short track from the Brule where we paddled with the peanut butter canoe, if listeners recall. (laughs) A similar experience, but the brook trout was unbelievable. It was about 15 inches, so healthy, big, unexpected, fought. I just couldn't even believe it I was so grateful and to come back and like Matthew said each day better to lay down on the wooden floor of our structure and I barely had much of a sleeping pad to speak of so I essentially slept on the wooden floor and I was so grateful for that and as comfortable as I've ever been falling into sleep thinking about the memories of the day it was just so incredible And we know there are others who are on the island. In fact, right now, as we're getting ready to depart, waiting for the Voyager 2 to arrive at the dock, that are not in the space that Matthew and I are. We've seen some people who are frantically trying to arrange departure from the island uh, for whatever reason. It's not our business. But that they're ready to go days ahead of their departure date. So it's... It's not an easy place necessarily when it comes to just moving about or living here for a short time, of course. But for us, this state of flow that Matthew talked about, we settled into, we quit trying to force things to happen and we allowed them to. And that, I think, has been our best means of connection with people in place. Get me all choked up, Joe. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's uh, we're looking out now across Washington Harbor and uh, 
it's just a beautiful day we had more thunderstorms this morning on our final morning there's some people out on the end of the dock and a big sailboat at the dock and it's just uh, some some waves crashing in sl slightly no white caps out there right now birds waterfowl flying it's been so beautiful here and that merger that merger of the boundary waters and Lake Superior the North Shore and the boundary waters I'm just feeling so at home here because those are two of Matthew and I's favorite places where we live and where we visit the most often and to come here not really knowing what to expect and to just be accepted by the land here is the cow and the cat we woke up to an, a cow and a calf walking through camp this morning on the other side of the creek that pretty much says it all I just want to give a there's so much to be grateful for but and the island at the top of the list but I want to just express gratitude to every person from the park who has showed us tremendous hospitality, respect, given us loads of information, um, participating in this project, um, the kindness of park staff. Uh, and I want to say a special thank you to all the fellow travelers that we met that made this experience so full of love and excitement, uh, camaraderie of making friends and sharing the canoe or sharing a story. It really, it's as much about this place as the people that are appreciating it right along with us. So with that, we'll be heading back to the mainland here shortly, and we hope to return to do a canoe trip at Isle Royal to do more adventuring. Of course, some fishing for me at some point and uh, just get back to the island. We're already hoping to do that as we continue this journey. Thank you so much for, for being here. Yeah, thanks all you listeners. Couldn't do it without you. Didn't mean to leave you out of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now get back to work, Matthew. Your vacation's over. <laughs> I just sing when I paddle. Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Ooh, me, rock me. Dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance, I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light, all around the campfire light, all around, all around, all around the campfire light.